Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 Anna and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. I would say no, I, I, I want it. Uh, not personally, not myself, because I, I just want to be a, I don't want to trade in any, because I think there's a chance, you know, in my life to, to be on a team like that. So I don't feel like I don't have to trade in any Super Bowl ring. So I see in the future that I have a chance, you know, to be on a team like that. So I ain't trading any rings in. I just got to keep going for it. That is Rob Gronkowski. Asked the question yesterday, why does Tom Brady keep playing? Yeah. There's the answer to why Rob Gronkowski keeps playing. Yeah. You're a lot younger. <laughs> younger. And so we don't have to see him do the whole New Year's show again and host that thing. Do do the whole country to see Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. That I was a rough one. Football. No, I'm kidding, man. Hey, Rob can do whatever he wants. Like, the, the guy, in terms of branding, is there anybody better than Rob Gronkowski? Like, I feel like whatever that guy's going to do, he's going to crush it. From wrestling to football to yeah. hosting. New Year's Eve. Brent Martin, Austin Lane, Coos here on a Wednesday, Cinco de Mayo. And that means Cantina Louis on Monument Road, and that means Vita de Louis as well, as uh, they are right behind us or right next to us, uh, giving out some samples. So come check it out. You can always check out VitaDeLouis.com as well for uh, three different kinds of locally owned tequila. And Yeho, Reposado, and Blanco. Vita de Louis. Dot com. We'll hit the happy hour horn in a special way coming up uh, in the uh, 5 o'clock hour. We're just talking, uh, we have not talked a lot about the draft overall, the NFL, like broad, mm-hmm. uh, other than really the Jaguars quite a bit, a little bit on the AFC South. But if you look at all the quarterbacks that went, Zach Wilson right behind the Jags um, at 2, and then, of course, Trey Lance with all the San Francisco stuff that was mm-hmm. going on. And uh, Justin Fields to Chicago, Mac Jones to the Patriots. So you take those five guys and you say, okay, who is going to play right now, make an immediate impact for those foot- their football team? Who would be better suited to sit down a little bit and wait? And I think you've got some different scenarios. Here in Jacksonville, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-doubter. It's no question. Uh, I think it would have been really an interest, or would it have been an interesting question at all with Trevor Lawrence? Would we have raised the question if Alex Smith had been signed as a backup? Because let's be honest, we're not raising the question. Trevor Lawrence is the day one starter in Jacksonville. He's better than any quarterback that's on the roster. We all believe that. We think that. I think they think that. Trevor Lawrence is going to start in the opener from day one. Would we have asked the question if if he should start, would start, if maybe a guy like Alex Smith had been signed? Uh, no, I don't think so, because they didn't ask that question when, who was the quarterback last year for Washington that started out? Uh, Haskins. Yeah, um, I mean, they didn't ask that with Haskins. It was a little bit different. He was already on, he was on the comeback trail, hadn't made the comeback, Alex Smith, but last year he proved that yeah. he could play football again. No, I, I just think when it's number one overall, I think you're going to roll with Trevor Lawrence, even if Alex Smith was here. Yeah, and I agree with yeah. you. I just... I thought about it in that context because with C.J. Beathard and right now Gardner Minshew still on the roster and Jake Luton on the roster, I don't think there's any question. I mean, Trevor Lawrence, you, you don't even bring up the question is my point. Yeah. I, I think I would have answered it the same way you just did. I think Trevor Lawrence, it's his football team. It's his franchise. Whether it's Peyton Manning rookie year or whether it's Justin Herbert rookie year, it's it's his rookie year. Yep. And he's going to play. Uh, and, and I believe that's the right move. I think this guy is so football ready. He's been ready every time he stepped in at a young age in high school, college, and we'll see if it translates to the NFL. In fact, that's one of the big upsides, I believe, 
of Trevor Lawrence is the fact that he's made an immediate impact at all levels already. Gives me confidence that he'll make an immediate impact for the Jaguars. I think it's the right move for him to play mm-hmm. right away. And I've not always been a believer in that. Yeah. I don't think Bortles was the right move to play as soon as he did. I don't think especially Blaine Gabbert was the right move as soon as he did. Uh, but I do think Trevor Lawrence, it is the right move. Okay, go to Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, the day one starter in New York. Yeah, Zach Wilson should be the day one starter in New York because who's the other option? I mean, I, I literally... Yeah, who did they get over there? I have no idea. <laughs> um, let me look it up quick. But, no, yeah, I they definitely... They made a move. Once they let, uh, it was even before they let Darnold go. They got a veteran guy. Uh, it, um, I'll, I'll check it out. But, but yeah. I do think Wilson, too, it's like, here's the reins, kid. Yeah, I, I believe that's the case. Now, I would have a little bit less confidence. Uh, the backup quarterback is James Morgan and Mike White. Is that all they got? I thought it was a more significant yeah. name. That so, they had yeah, to, Zach Wilson it is. So, Zach Wilson, it's it's his team. Yeah. Would they be better served to have a capable backup? Let's just say, would they be better served to have Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, as the quarterback for now, for a few weeks, for a few months to get Zach Wilson acclimated, or do you think this kid's ready to jump in the fire? No, I think the kid's, well, he's got to be ready to jump in the fire. You know, like, w- once we've seen from, from Joe Burrow what he was capable of, I get the sense that, and keep in mind, it was Tyrod Taylor to start things off until uh, one punctured lung changed all that, so I think Herbert got 15 games in, but even when Herbert came in, he kind of hit the ground running. I think Zach Wilson, the same circumstance where, regardless if it's Ryan Fitzpatrick or another backup quarterback, I think that you roll Zach Wilson day one. I think they are going to uh, as well. I think I probably would. And the reason why I say that for New York is because they, too, have a reset. Grow with him. Yeah. Right? It's okay. Now, I don't know the the mentality of Wilson. We didn't do as much work on Wilson, so I don't know him as well as I think, I, at least I feel like I know Trevor Lawrence and all the research that we've done. So I don't know where he his head is mentally. Uh if he can handle that spotlight right away from the get-go, I know Trevor Lawrence can mm-hmm. from everything that we can see and hear and, and found out. So I guess that's a question I would ask on Zach Wilson. But I would just think from the where the organization has started, just ride with the kid from the get-go. Like, that's the right move to put him in and take your lumps, take your growing pains, and hopefully have some successes too if you're Zach Wilson uh, and the New York Jets. How about Justin Fields? You have Andy Dalton there in Chicago. You can ease Fields into it. Fields has played a good amount of football, too. Mm-hmm. He's this uh, rock star of a recruit. He's a big name who's handled the spotlight. Chicago, the NFL, shouldn't be too big for him. Mm-hmm. Is his game ready to just go in, boom, start in the NFL, or should Andy Dalton get the nod at first? Is it ready to go to the NFL? That I'm not sure of. But do they need to have him as a day-one starter? I think so, yes. Because... It's not going to do Nagy any good if you have Andy Dalton as a starter and then all of a sudden you got to taper off your playbook a little bit because Andy Dalton can't do the things that Justin Fields can do. Once again, I think this is a, a job addition right now for Nagy and Ryan Pace. And if I'm trying to keep my job, I'm trying to highlight Justin Fields as much as possible. And highlighting him, that means you got to start him week one and show your max capabilities of the offense. So is he ready? No idea. Is he going to be ready? Well, let's hope so because I want to show off what we just got with Justin Fields. You know, I kind of feel the same way about this guy, man. I, I, I think if he had come to Jacksonville, i got to take you back and not be hypocritical in my conversations back to October, November. If the Jags had the number two pick 
And if he was going to be the quarterback of the Jags like back then, yeah. I would have said, yeah, it's okay to start this guy. He, he knows the spotlight. He knows what he's, the expectations. He's got big shoulders, broad shoulders to be able to handle some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. He might fight through some growing pains, right? No doubt. But I think it is... I'd probably hand it to him. I think the signing of Dalton muddies that up a little bit, though. I think the fact that they have Dalton uh, and the ability of Dalton to still play pretty solid football, I wonder which way Nagy will go, where his confidence level will go, even the first few weeks of the football season. Uh, Who is the more dynamic guy? Who gives you the better chance to get off to a good start? Because, again, there is no... Honeymoon period, even though they drafted a quarterback. Yeah. This is go time for Nagy. Yep. And so who are you going to ride with? Yep. Uh, I think the Dalton play could be very much in play yep. uh, for Chicago. What about uh, Mac Jones? Uh, it looks like they are going with Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. Should they go with Cam Newton? Have we seen enough from Cam Newton? And would the Patriots be better off just saying, hey, Mac, take it from here, man? No. See, this is another different one because the offenses are completely different. But with what Cam Newton ran last year, like, it was a pretty basic offense. You didn't see a lot of crazy motions, a lot of jet sweeps. Like, it was a pretty vanilla, generic offense that Cam Newton took part in last year. Now, you're going to have a little more help this year at the tight end position, the wide receiver position with Nelson Aguilar. So you have more pieces to be successful. If, if I'm Bill Belichick, I'm going to ease Mac Jones into it until I absolutely have to throw him in there. I'm going to trust Cam Newton. Now, am I going to be super confident Cam Newton? Probably not, but I'm going to trust Cam Newton as much as possible and bring Mac Jones along slowly. So Mac Jones is the only one that we're sitting down for a little bit. Well, I'm, I'm sitting Trey Lance down, too. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't yeah. even get to Trey Lance. Yeah. Because I think that uh, Lance is a guy that I think we assume is going to sit for the better part of that first year. Well, it, and it's interesting because I feel the same way about Trey Lance as they do about Justin Fields, where you're going to have to hold, you know, hold back that playbook a little bit if Jimmy Garoppolo is the guy because, once again, I think Trey Lance can do a lot more things in versatility than Jimmy Garoppolo can. And probably nobody uses versatility more than Kyle Shanahan. But at the same time, the difference between the Bears situation and the 49ers situation is that Jimmy Garoppolo, through his injuries, he has built up some capital. He, he has built up and said, hey, I t- I've taken this team to a Super Bowl in the past couple of years, so trust me, trust me, let's roll with me. And I agree. I think you do that until it gives you reason not to trust him anymore. And keep in mind, Trey Lance, coming from a small school, doesn't have a, a lot of big game experience. What is the bigger pull for San Francisco to say, hey, we're going to start Jimmy G and we're going to bring Trey Lance along? Is it that Trey Lance a little bit green, hasn't played a lot of football over the last year. He's got the one game, and that's it. Hasn't played this level of football, and there's still a bit of a curiosity maybe about that. Or is it the fact that uh, at the end of the day, you're paying Jimmy Garoppolo a ton of money, and so you might as well get some something out of the guy you're paying a ton of money? Obviously, it's a combination of both. I think the biggest thing is it's out of respect for Jimmy Garoppolo. Because when Jimmy Garoppolo's been healthy... That team's been good. That, that, that team has won games. Obviously, uh, the injury history of Jimmy Garoppolo is what's been the detriment to the 49ers. So, you know, if I'm Shanahan, if I'm calling the shots at the next starting quarterback of San Fran, I'm going to roll Jimmy Garoppolo, and if he plays 100% the whole season, we're probably going to have a pretty good record. If he gets hurt, well, then it's Trey Lance time. But I'm going to trust Jimmy Garoppolo until he gives me reason not to trust him anymore. So sit for a bit or play right away, and uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to play right away. Zach Wilson, we assume, will play right away. Uh, The belief is Justin Fields could play right away, although I wonder if Nagy and that coaching mentality will go with what they know in Andy Dalton. Trey Lance, we think, will sit for a bit. 
How long? Well, the fans might determine that. <laughs> Depends how many bull birds come out. But once again, it begs the question. Like, San Fran's a good team, Brent. They are. You know, they have a great roster if they can stay healthy. So one would assume that Jimmy Grapple is going to come in and have some success if he can stay healthy. Yeah, and it might just be until if he can't stay healthy, then that's when Trey Lance gets his shot. Yeah. But I could also make the argument Trey Lance might be in a better situation than any of these quarterbacks to succeed if you put him in right away. Yeah, I, I mean, I think in terms of weapons, in terms of offensive play calling, it's hard to argue against Shanahan and the 49ers. Overall, what is your philosophy on sitting as a rookie quarterback? Has it changed over the years? Because, again, you played with a guy in Blaine Gabbert that sure. he would have been way better off sitting. Mm-hmm. And it was around that time. I, I think I saw somebody say today they did a study on this, and it was really around 2008 Yeah. that the young quarterbacks started to play all the time. They yeah. just It was like, forget it. We drafted them, boom, put them in. Mm-hmm. But before that, there was a lot of sitting from Aaron Rodgers and others. And it, even now you go back to success and you look at Patrick Mahomes, how much did he benefit from those first 12, 13, 15 weeks of being out and watching under Alex Smith? I mean, maybe he still would have been great. We don't know, but he's been great, and he did sit. So what's your so, philosophy on it? So to me, it's all about the situation that you find yourself in. When we talk about Blaine Gabbert, you still have David Garrard. And I thought David Garrard was a, a pretty damn good quarterback. And the way that he got did where they let him go before the lunch, like I thought that was wrong, and the locker room agreed with that. And it kind of caused a little bit of a rift uh, between the locker room, obviously. And then you saw Blaine Gabbert, when he eventually went in there, it absolutely crushed his confidence because nobody, including Blaine Gabbert, thought he was going to go in so early and be the starting quarterback. I think with situations like Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, you had great guys in front of you. So if I'm the head coach and I see my roster, I analyze my team, I ask the question, who's in front of the quarterback right now? If you look at Mac Jones, you got Cam Newton. Now, do I trust Cam Newton? Not 100%, but I got the feeling Cam Newton being experienced with two tight ends now, uh, you have Nelson Aguilar, he can be okay, and Mac Jones can take his time. If I go to New York and Zach Wilson, who's their backup quarterback? We couldn't even name him, right? We have no idea. Well, i got to go Zach Wilson. So to me, it's not about, all right, we've got to bring this guy along slowly and make sure he's learning. To me, it's about the situation in front of him. If I can't trust the starting quarterback when the rookie comes in, then the rookie's starting. If I can trust that starting quarterback, at least for a little bit, then the rookie can sit. Yeah, uh, and, and I believe, and I, I've changed on this, I believe overall in the past that I would have liked to see a guy sit a sure. little bit. I, and most of the time I say this, and I've said this about Trevor Lawrence, most of the time when you are a high draft pick, a young quarterback, you're a high draft pick for a reason. That team's not very good. So you're not going to be in a great situation. I think, actually, this is where Trevor Lawrence benefits. I don't think he's in as poor a situation as even guys like Blaine Gabbert and Blake Bortles, and they were picked after mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence. I think Trevor Lawrence is in a pretty decent situation offensively. Got a veteran offensive line, got a Pro Bowl wide receiver, got a Marvin Jones coming over who has caught 50-something touchdowns in his career, has a running back behind him that is over 1,400 yards from scrimmage. I think he's set up pretty nice for some success. It's not the Kansas City Chiefs offense. It might not even be Kyle Shanahan's office sure. offense, but it's a pretty good offense for a young guy coming in. So I have changed a little bit on this, not because of Trevor Lawrence, but I've changed on this because of my philosophy on quarterbacks. I think the quarterbacks are just better now. I think they're just way better across the board than they were even some 5 to 10 years ago and definitely 15 to 20 years ago. There are more good quarterbacks in our world than there have ever been because of 7-on-7s, the focus on the QB, the the star nature of the QB, so every kid wants to be a QB. Uh, That is 
just the way it is. And I think these guys are more ready to play than ever before. Freshmen in college, true freshmen in college, and also rookies in the NFL. Yeah, but let's also keep in mind, though, with, with the Blaine Gabbert situation, he was coming to a team that went 8-8 eight and eight last year, one game away from going to the playoffs. Good point. Right? And then all of a sudden, they were still terrible is, on offense, it felt like. Uh, you, should, you see our defense, though, too. Our defense wasn't that good. I mean, we went 8-8, eight and eight, say what you want. And that, that's a knock on myself, obviously. But the, the defense uh, had holes in it as well. But Blaine Gabbert comes in, you'd think, okay, well, if they go 8-8, eight and eight, new rookie quarterback, maybe you lose one or two games. Well, we saw what Blaine yeah, yeah. Gabbert did, right? It was just it was too much for him too fast. So even when you come into a, a decent situation like Blaine Gabbert did, it can still fall through. Well, that's a fair point, yeah. uh, and that's true. I mean, they were 8-8 eight and eight, uh, on the strength of Garrard and a running game, I would say. Sure. Um, but their offensive line, when Gabbert got out there, was not very good, and he got hit a lot. But I would say this is more just on a bad re- – this was desperate by Jack. We've gone over this before by Del Rio to play Gabbert. Gabbert was not ready. He was a 20-year-old kid who had played like 12 games. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had, ha- had no football experience, hardly at all. He just had like this rifle of an arm that people fell in love with, and they just put him out there too quickly. I mean, that, that's that, – I will always give that to Gabbert. I know people love to malign Gabbert and say he was terrible and all, but I will say – you still in your business, in our business, in their business, want to be put in a position to succeed. Sure. He was not. He was not well, ready. Yeah. I, I share the conversation. I mean, I've had it with Garrard before. Garrard had to say to him one, like, the conversation between those two guys, well, Gabbard was like, ah, you know, don't worry, man, I'm not playing it all this year. He was like, yeah. they just picked you 10th overall, man. They traded up for you. You better be ready to go in yeah. whenever they call. Like, don't think you're not going to play this year. Like, he had to tell him that. Mm. The mindset of Gabbard was... I'm sitting this whole year out the because that's probably what they told him. It was the mindset of us. It's mm-hmm. probably the mindset of everybody internally as well. And then, bam, he's all of a sudden out there. So you could just tell mentally from that conversation alone that he wasn't ready to go uh, mentally. And I think it is Blaine Gabbert a good quarterback in the NFL, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. If that season doesn't happen, he doesn't get thrown in the fire like that. No, I'm yeah. not telling you that. But I do think that did hamper him quite a bit, and it really hurt him in the eyes of the fans and the narrative that happened around here. Uh, so it sounds like this great defense for, for Gabbard, but I'm just telling you, the situational stuff on the quarterbacks is very important, very important for the, the organization to make a measured decision and not how it's just going to impact them for the first eight weeks or first year, but for the next three, four, five years of their career, and the Jags made the wrong decision when it comes to Blaine Gabbard, no doubt about it. I think the most The team that's at most risk of screwing this up for their quarterback is Chicago because of the situation. They have Dalton. They have Fields. They have two guys that their job, they are on the hot seat. Mm. They have Nagy and Pace, and they have to win, and they have to win right now. But is it it? What are they going to do? Are they going to do what's good for them, Mm. or are they going to do what's good for the organization and Justin Fields to be a good quarterback for a long time in the NFL? Keep an eye on Chicago. They are one to watch when it comes to the QB situation. See, but do you get the sense, though, with Chicago, it's like, all right, I mean, I understand. They can definitely screw it up. But you see what Andy Dalton did last year in Dallas, and he gave you zero hope. Like, Listen, when Chicago announced Andy Dalton QB1, what was the response? As, As was warranted, right? Like nobody believed in Andy Dalton being the starting quarterback of the Chicago Bears and doing absolutely anything. Because we've seen probably the best of Andy Dalton, all due respect to him. So I get what you're saying, but at the same time, to me, it's a no-brainer of starting fields. Like, if I'm a Bears fan, if I'm in that locker room, I'm like, all right, 
You're an offensive-minded guy, Coach Nagy. You came from an Andy Reid coaching tree. Let's see what this offense is capable of. Yeah, give me something to rally around, yeah. too, right? Give me a little spark. If I'm Allen Robinson and I want it out, I was hoping somebody else would give me a big deal, but they franchise tagged yeah. me. I go pick Justin Fields. I'm like, you know what? Got a little hop in my step. For Not sure. because they picked Andy Dalton up in free agency, but because they picked Justin Fields up. I'm like, all right, I might be able to ride with this guy. little hope. This might be the best quarterback I've played with yeah. in the NFL so far. See, to me, I think the biggest... I don't want to say it could be a blunder, but the biggest QB battle and like maybe the controversy could come in New England. Because we have Bill Belichick right now who is in all-win mode. He's gone um, outside of himself and been really uncharacteristic of how he's handled free agency, paying all these guys. And there's rumors he's going to trade up and get, try to get a quarterback while Mac Jones falls to him. But when you have a guy in Cam Newton, you know what Cam Newton's capable of. Now, maybe he does better than last year, but when does the point come where it's like, all right, Cam's being Cam again, let's bench him, let's replace him with Mac Jones. How does Cam handle that, number one? And then do they go back to Cam if he gets benched, number yeah, that's two? That's a good call, uh, no doubt about it. Hey, Coos, all those times that you had food inside the station and didn't tell us about it, we'll take a look at those tacos right there. Oh, yeah, Cantina Louis. Martin just dropped them off. We're going to go to town. We're I feel, take I a feel break. like we're on the home shopping network right now. we got right guacamole. Now. For $99.95, you get yourselves, I don't know how much these tacos actually. You wanna, Martin, Martin's displaying them. There you go. <laughs> Two tacos, all you can handle. Yeah. Is the home shopping network still a thing, or oh, has Amazon put them out of business? I mean, are, are old people still a thing? Then yeah, the home <laughs> shopping network's still a thing, man. Next question. Of course it's still a thing. <laughs> home shopping network and Wheel of Fortune are still you a thing. You better believe it, man. Shout to Pat Sajak. <laughs> Uh, we'll come back here from Cantina Louis, Monument Road, talk a little bit more football and other things on the way here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Come on out, say hello. Get a taste of Vita de Louis, Cantina Louis, here on Cinco de Mayo, Monument Road with ESPN 690. Austin Lane. And Tony Khan clap back. There you go, Kuz. There's, there's a clap back for you. Clapped. So, it's a, just it's a gamer thing. Eric Clapton. Okay. Yeah. That, that'd be a good oh, gamer now. I'm using that tonight. Oh, gamer name. Yeah. You guys just had a moment. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. You know, it's kind of, you know, coming full circle. Uh, you go through this NFL career and you start as a young guy come in. Uh, Tom kind of showed me the ropes. Uh, the competition between us was awesome. Really made me grow as a, as a rookie and a young player. And so that's kind of what me and Trey will, you know, we'll mold our relationship into that. But it'll happen naturally. Just uh, it's one of those things you can't force anything. Just let it come as it may. Did he mention Tom? Man. Was that Jimmy Garoppolo? That was. That was Jimmy Garoppolo? That, that was, was Jimmy Garoppolo. That was pretty good he's right there, about wasn't Tom, it? What was he talking about Tom for? He Tom said Tom. Oh, he said, I see. He said, yeah. Basically, he's referring to his days in New England. Oh, that's right. Trying to get ready for this moment right. with Trey he, Lance, you know? That's right. That's right. Okay. Okay. Everything goes back to Tom Brady. <laughs> it's like that. What's Our that, show, my life. Yeah. What's that? Uh, what's that Wikipedia game where like you you only get five clicks on the links to try to get it to a specific topic? Um. Uh, what is your your? Sorry, we're being presented tacos, so we're distracted. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, cool. I'll you, talk to you tomorrow. You know the game better than me, right? No. So what is it? You play? You click on something? It's like a whole thing. There was like a whole Wikipedia thing when I was in school where like you would be on a page and then someone would tell you a topic and you'd get five link Eight clicks. Eight degrees of Kevin Bacon? It was kind of like that, yes. Okay. 
Brent Martin? No, Austin Lynn. <laughs> Brent just no idea what's going on. <laughs> no idea. Yeah. Um, really concentrating on the tacos, the chips, and salsa here at Cantina Louis. Mm. I could eat chips and salsa all day, every day. Um, chi- I don't know if it's even like really a guilty pleasure, but just chips in general are one of my like favorite things yeah. ever. Like, I feel I, like I, I, I say, say it like once chips. a month on this show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we should probably get a chips endorsement at this point. Hey, Tostitos. <laughs> Yeah. What up? But, like, I don't even have bad chips ever. Like, does anybody have, like, there's salsa, it's not bad, but there baked. are better salsas than others. Okay. Right? Baked, baked chips can can kick rocks as far as I'm concerned. Like, you know, baked, you know, baked, like. Yeah, yeah I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. You the worst. You, you need the more Tostito. No, fry those bad boys the way it was meant to yeah, be. Like, don't bake them. Yeah. Like, listen, but if even, you're eating chips because I'm trying to watch my figure, I mean, come on. But even no. sometimes, like, if the chips, like, go into the fryer and they're still touching, you know, sometimes they come out and they have that, like, soft spot. Yeah. That That's a no-no. Well, because like, you, so you yeah. have to fry them twice. I mean, yeah. if you're doing nachos, you do nachos right, you fry those chips twice. Because right. you don't fry those chips twice, and those nachos, they get all soggy. Yeah. Like, pro tip. I, I've been to the places. Like, I haven't seen the kitchen in Cantina Louis here, but I've been to the, you know, the other place where I've seen a bunch of chips, and it's almost like... It's like a machine that they put them all through, right? And it yeah. kind of uh, comes out almost like on a conveyor belt sure. type of thing. Well, I, I'm sure they're probably authentic where they take, like, tortilla chips. You know, I actually like tortillas, like just the, you know, like a regular tortilla, and then you deep fry that. So I'm sure they chop them up by hand. But now I'm starting to think, do I want one of those machines at my house, a $300 toaster, or something else? You got a good deep fryer? I got a good air fryer. Can you air fry tortilla chips? <laughs> you you yeah. can try. It, it doesn't. It, I've already tried it. It doesn't really work. It it's not going to be as good. Yeah, it doesn't give yeah. you what you're looking for. I have never, <laughs> I have never heard Just air fryer and doesn't really work. I mean, I thought that did everything. I was like, that's but, the answer to everything. But I feel really like is. the thing with the chip, though, is like you get the taste of the oil a little bit. That's what makes it so good. If you take the oil out of the, yeah. the combination... Is the chip really that good then? I don't know though. Don't they said well, about the fried turkey, man, and I've done it with the uh, oilless fryer, and the turkey's good. Yeah, yeah but fried. Do you want to hear a real hot topic right now? I think fried turkey's a little overrated. I I think it's super unnecessary because I think the skin is good, fine, but once you get towards the middle of the turkey, it's just like regular turkey. So it's a whole lot of work and a whole lot of just unnecessary stuff for some crispy skin. I like anything that, that will cook the turkey enough to not make it, like, dry. You know what I mean? Like, a dry anything, turkey specifically, is just the worst. Ever heard of an oven? But yeah, that's fine. Yeah, see, there I, you go. I don't care how you do it. Just don't <laughs> no, make it dry. But, because you see where I'm coming from, though, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, like, it's, it's a lot of work. To, I mean, I've done it before. It's a lot of work to fry a turkey. And yeah, but, yes, like, the what's skin more... tastes good. What's more badass on Thanksgiving, you know, everyone just putting the turkey in the oven or your family standing around the the fryer that's, you know, got boiling oil in there and you're using it for heat while you're all just drinking a beer? Hey, man, just trying to enjoy the time with my family. <laughs> didn't, didn't need to be a badass. If you want me to be a badass, I'll go kill my own turkey, start a campfire, and we'll roast the turkey on there. Listen, I've done the fried turkey with the oil uh, many times. Yeah. It's terrific. Uh, I'm not saying it's bad. It's I'm terrific. saying it's overrated. It's better than the regular turkey in the mm. oven. It actually does. It doesn't it take less time. Mm. Like the, the yeah, but you also got to like, heat up the oil. And you got to drop it in carefully. You got to be careful not get the oil on your skin. There's a lot that goes in. There well, is a lot. There's like it, a you're risking it. You're a little terrified the whole well, time. Well, that's why I've now gone to the oilless turkey fryer, and it's good too. It just takes a little bit longer than the other one, but it's good. But I, you know. 
I think part of the reason why people like the turkey fryer is and the fried turkey because people is are be- extra. Well, it because of the danger. Oh sure, well, yeah, that, that, there's that too. Right? Like because like every year you see the story of, uh, quite frankly, the the morons who probably like fried the turkey inside their house well, and when caused it's, a fire in their house. That or if the turkey's too cold and it's like so frozen, yes. you drop it in there. That's deadly. I'm just saying like. If I drop cheese in a deep fryer, well, that's balling. If I drop an Oreo in a deep fryer, well, that's balling. Like, it, it totally changes the whole game. If I drop a turkey well, in a deep fryer, okay, the skin is well, crispy. And what else? Hold on. With the cheese and the other stuff, you do have to, like, put that in flour, and then you're, you're putting more on it than just the Oreos going in, you know? Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, that's true. You, you so have to dredge it. it. Yeah. It's called dredging. Dredge it. <laughs> what? Is that what it's called? It's called dredging. <laughs> Guys, read a cookbook once in a while. No, stuck <laughs> uh, your games up. I tell you the the stuff. I but you're way out of line in the whole fried. Turkey I'm really not though. I'm you really are. not. Fried I, it's crispy awesome. skin. It's awesome. Brent, I guarantee you, and, and we should do this for Thanksgiving next year. I, I will deep fry a turkey, and then I will put a turkey in the oven, same types of seasonings, everything, and then I will bring the middle of that turkey in, both sides, and we'll do a taste test. And will you be able to tell me which one is the yes. one from the? I don't think Absolutely. you would. Absolutely. I don't think you would. No doubt. Take the skin away? Nope. It's a well, game changer. No, I, I guarantee I will. What mm. would uh, What would get us more views? That or when we did the uh, the fried chicken sandwich taste test? Uh, probably the turkey because there's a risk of fire. <laughs> yeah, but also keep in mind it was trending with Popeye's chicken sandwiches back yeah. in the day. So we, 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 did, we did get the Popeye's bump. That was good. Yeah, uh, by the way, that was three hours of my life getting those sandwiches. That's because I don't know if our show's long enough. <laughs> three <laughs> hours of my life you know trying to sit in the drive-thru. still run out of those Popeye's? I know, How man. How do they still run out of them sometimes? Did you and see, everybody's got a chicken sandwich. Did you sandwich. see In-N-Out Burger? I'm not, not In-N-Out oh, Burger. I'm sorry. White Castle. Uh, White Castle. Hey. Come on. Settle down. And could they? I mean, I know it could be an endorsement one day. One of the most overrated burgers in existence no, is, is White Castle. I agree. It's it's not good. And can't you buy it in like the grocery store? You can. <laughs> no, that's all I ate in college. Like in the dorms was like these microwavable ones. But I remember I drove like two hours to Louisville for my first White Castle experience because the movie just came out here on Kumar go to White Castle. These burgers must be great. We go through the drive-through, we get them. One bite, I'm like, that's it. That's so that's it. all we got. Yeah. That's all we got. Whole lot of bread. Did people Little burger. Really, I saw that thing. Did people really stay in six hours of a line for a mm. burger? I think so. People, I think so. You got issues. You got issues. People. I just can't wait so I can be balling with my financial decisions where I can sit six hours on a weekday and go to White Castle. Imagine That's calling terrible. out of work for that. Like like texting Brent and I, hey, guys, I can't make this show today. <laughs> the I'm trying to get White Castle. Here's, here's the, the mentality of that. You talk about the mental gymnastics. Like, yeah, I'm going to go swing by White Castle. That'll take ten minutes. You get it like, oh, my gosh, this line is massive. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm in it now. I'm staying. I, I wanted it too much. I was no looking forward way. to it. Six hours later, you walk out with a two-bite hamburger. There's no <laughs> way. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, and in two minutes, the meal is done. <laughs> uh, one last thing about the... Uh, the uh, fried turkey. The, the only negative to the fried turkey is the lack of stuffing or dressing that you can see. Do and, the, and that's um, another thing. And you, that you, is you need stuffing. And you need stuffing. Yeah. Fried stuffing. I mean, there's other <laughs> ways to do it, but you need to. In the oven, you can create that better. So I. I, I don't want this to be misconstrued one more time. This could be a button one day. Austin hates fried turkey. I don't hate fried I turkey. I'm just button. I'm just saying that it's a little overrated for all the time and effort to deep fry something, and then the result is that uh, it's turkey. I tell you, did I tell you my fried turkey um, oil story when nope. we moved? 
I, I might have said this before, well, you, but I'll say it real quick. You didn't dump it in the, the someplace you shouldn't have. No, no, okay. no. Well, because that's part of it, right? It's yep. like, oh, right, you got to wait for and that's a big thing. That is now that is a pain in the butt of it. So Thank you. That's why the oilless one now is king. Okay, like, okay. that's beautiful for okay. me because I didn't use it enough. All yeah. right, so I'd be the guy like I would cook a fried turkey. It would be so awesome, and I'd be like, all right, I'm going to do this again in like two weeks. Sure. And then <laughs> I wouldn't. All right, so we move. I move here from Albany, New York, yeah. and I'm cooking fried turkey on Thanksgiving. Yep. Okay, so that's late November. Yep. And I move in uh, like March 1st. Mm-hmm. And then Steph and the kids come down about a month and a half later. Okay. Uh, and so the moving folks did everything. Mm-hmm. I was already down here. It's the way to go, by the way, people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Flex. So we get down here, and we're unloading stuff. And, uh, like, mattresses and all this. And there's this stuff, like, all over the mattresses from the back of the truck. Okay. And, and other things, too. But I remember it distinctly from the mattress. Like, what the heck is that? <laughs> well, turns out that because it was the fried turkey season of November in Albany, <laughs> when I left the oil, it had froze oh, in the garage. Oh, no. It but off. on its way down... Hey, that's gross. It thawed out. That is gross. <laughs> so everything was ruined. You can't salvage any of that. Everything was ruined. There you go. <laughs> so, that's where your fried turkey got you, Brent. I'm telling you. So just so you know, that's a little moving tip for you. If you're coming from Albany, New York, <laughs> make sure you empty the turkey fryer. A little pro if you're tip. <laughs> pro tip now. Oh, man. I, I, but the moving guys just must have thought, because it was probably frozen solid still in, in like late February, March, whatever we were moving. Yeah. And, uh. Yes. What, a, what a surprise that, that must have been. Yeah, it was a great surprise. That's a, that's a lot of oil, later, too, man. It was a that's good a lot amount of oil. oil. That. Yeah. Uh, there's no way. Not, not pretty oil, either. Ugh. Gross. <laughs> so, uh, that's my... Uh, that's disgusting. That's why I go to the yeah. oilless one now. That's horrible. <laughs> that's it. I can't believe you don't like well, the turkey fries. Was, was Steph... I, one, I can't say this enough, Brent. I don't mind it. I think it's a little overrated. Was Steph mad at you? Uh, yeah, I think so. Good. Actually. Good. You, you definitely earned that one. Well, that was like... I mean, that was so out of sight, out of mind. I mean, Steph, Thanksgiving was months ago. Well, and to be fair, Brent, I mean, you technically, you cooked, so the other person should clean. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? And deep Steph, fry or no deep fry. And Steph was the forewoman of that move. So oh, I blame oof. her. Man, knocks against Steph right there. There's a couple knocks against Steph. I don't know. I've got the greatest thing figured out, by the way. Both that We moved from Alexandria, Louisiana to Providence. Yeah. Providence to Albany and Albany to Jacksonville. Yeah. In my lifetime, like those are three big moves. Yeah. And every time I've been there first, and I haven't had to do a damn thing moving. <laughs> sounds, sounds like my, my career as being a father when my when my wife was pregnant the whole time. I was in Chicago playing football. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, I mean, I'm sorry you're hungry if you want ice cream, but I'm in Chicago. Nothing I can do about it. Enjoy I, Jacksonville. I got this thing figured out. Yeah. Not moving again. Uh, I don't think. Hopefully not. Uh, we're moving on to a break. We come back. We're at Cantina Louis. Monument Road. Come on out. Say hello. They got the party going on Cinco de Mayo. Vita Du Louis here as well. Come get a taste test. Come say hello. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. All of these guys, Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa, Alex Bregman, could have a great accomplishments going forward. And Jose Altuve at this point, I think, potentially is on a Hall of Fame trajectory. If he gets voted into the Hall of Fame and he makes his speech in Cooperstown, he will get booed. That's the future that's in front of these guys. That is Buster Only from ESPN. Brett Martineau, Austin Lane, Coos on a Wednesday. Cinco de Mayo, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Hey, this is fun. I mean, 
Feels like we're at the beach. We're at Cantina Louis, Vita de Louis. We got tents up. We got some music out here. We got beads and a medal. And shade. And some which shade. is fantastic. Which I, I can't believe we're in shade right now because the the professional and you would say the camera view is not that good with the picture. I know, but I think I think we got a little cloud cover. And so uh, it feels great. Let's see how does the how does it look? Yeah, it looks all right. Nice. Looks all right. We're doing okay. Shot looks good. And this is back-to-back days that I've been on the road. Actually, it's been a long time for that, Brent. It's nice so, for you to get out of the uh, studio. Someone yeah. did comment that that's a record for you, Austin. It, it, it is. It's, recently, it has been a record. Absolutely. And you got another one coming up on Friday. Yeah. Uh, the auto show. The auto show. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. <laughs> Can't wait to talk some. The better, the better Tesla's there. All right, because I want to see the new Cybertruck. I'm sure it's not going to be there because I, I think Elon Musk has Saturday Night Live to worry about. But it would be should nice we, if I could see the new Cybertruck updated. It should because well, I know uh, you're going to be out there without Brent, right? That's yes. correct. Should we have you compare compare cars to NFL teams? Don't we? Didn't we do something like that one time when Brent was out? Did we do that? We did something where you had to compare teams to something. And it was Man, what is that, amateur hour? That's Bush League. Come I on. really did that? I mean, let's do it. That's good. Good idea. Sounds like to me. Co- comparing NFL teams to cars? Sure. No, okay. yeah. You know what you did that with? You did hockey teams. I did hockey w- with players yeah, and w- w- with people yeah. that you meet in the bar. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was a good one. Yeah, that, I was proud of that one. But no, I'm not going to lie. The problem is, problem is nobody knew any of the hockey teams. No, for sure. <laughs> but, but the people knew the people in the bar. We're in Jacksonville <laughs> after did. all. And that was like the last time I ever spent more than an hour prepping for a show. Because <laughs> I did, did a lot of homework, that one. Remember when the show used to be good, Coos? Oh, wow, man. I mean, more than an hour of prep not time. On a li- not that on kind a, of thing. Not on, not on live radio, please, Brent. <laughs> Hey, what's this deal with DK Metcalf? Yeah. What, what do you mean? He's going to be an Olympian. He's going to run in the track event? So he's going to run in the Olympic trials. No, I'm sorry. You know, he's going to run in a track event. If he runs underneath a certain amount of time, that gets him an automatic bid to Olympic trials. So I think he has to run under like a, like a 10 something, if I'm not mistaken. So this is 100. This is 100, yes. He has to run, um, if he breaks 10. Five flat. Well, I guess if he breaks ten five, yeah, he gets to go to Olympic trials. It's interesting. Metcalf's an athletic freak, but in this kind of setting for that kind of run, yeah, I'd be thinking of a guy like Tyreek Hill or yeah, somebody like there's some straight line speed guys anyway that you don't even think out yeah. about that are super fast. And of course, everybody runs under a four four now, but <laughs> but like you could go. Why don't more players try to do this? I mean, once again, we talk about contract a little bit, yeah, right? Maybe. Like, I think that's got something to do with it. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I just think players want to focus on the task at hand. Um, I'm not sure how much prep time DK Metcalf's going to take with this. But let's be honest. If you want to go to the Olympics and you want to win a gold medal, just have uh, Buda Baker get an interception and then chase him down. Like, you know, he, he can be like the, what do you call <laughs> like in, like, the Greyhounds? The, the rabbit. Yeah. So have Buda Baker like on the side of the track with the with the interception ball and then chase him because we saw it happen in the game and it was did. like it looked like he ran like a three nine forty so who knows what's gonna happen I don't know if Pete Carroll's even about that I have no idea I, I don't know if I was an owner of a team or a GM what I would think about this well here's a, from a player perspective we see uh, whether it was Deion Sanders whether it's Bo Jackson uh, yeah. Brian Jordan uh, and now there was a lot of talk about Kyla Murray doing dual sports. 
and obviously baseball and football season, not there's a little overlap, but not a lot of overlap. Yeah. Maybe I wonder a little bit why more athletes in our sports today, and take football as a primary example, don't try to compete for an Olympic event. As, yeah. as sick of an athlete as many of these players are from from the uh, – and by the way, I'm not trying to disrespect track and field athletes saying they could just walk in and do it. I, I'm just saying part of their training anyway mm-hmm. is some of the track and field elements. The, and, yeah, to, to an extent. Yeah, so yeah. – but. Can it translate? I mean, could Tyreek Hill, could some of these players uh, be sprinters? Um, could a big offensive lineman or whatever, you know, throw yeah. the discus at an elite level? I don't know. I mean, maybe not. Maybe it's, maybe that's why it hasn't happened or it doesn't happen. Or I yeah. mean, we obviously have Bullet Bob Hayes right from right here in Jacksonville, mm-hmm. gold medalist, Super Bowl champ. I mean, he's done it. Mm-hmm. Have we? Ha- I don't feel like we've had a lot of those stories no, in the we NFL. Haven't. But you wonder, with the athlete today, the modern athlete, why we don't see more of it? it? It does raise the question for sure. Once again, I just think like your off season should be your off season. The guys want to relax; they don't want to do like you know Olympic trials and stuff like that. But DK Metcalf is a freak of nature, so I get it. But to me, what I like about this whole story, and we'll see, maybe he does make you know the Olympic trials, and then we'll go from there. But what I love from the story is that maybe it's going to open the door now to NFL players racing each other. Because if you think of any great, you know, football movie, they, they always have that moment where the running back's racing the quarterback to see who the fastest guy is. I mean, it seems like it happened in every single movie. And that I would want to see. Because when we talk about the NBA, what do we do? Well, who's the best shooter? Well, watch the three-point contest. Now, obviously, Steph Curry yeah, is yeah. the best shooter, hands down. But like, but he's only won that twice, and he's the best. True, true, shooter. true. But, like, it, it's hard to say who the fastest guy is in the NFL, and that's important in the NFL. Like, who's the strongest? We don't know. We'll do a bench press competition. Let's truly find out. Who's the fastest guy? Well, maybe Tyreek Hill. Maybe it's DK Metcalf. Like we've seen glimpses on the field, but we haven't seen that track speed. I think that I hope this urges other players to do this and race each other. Do put some money on the line. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I, you know, uh, Eddie Alvarez, who plays for the Jumbo Shrimp, Stewart just reminded me and texted me. We had him in the highlights last night, uh, and Stewart, appropriately so, said skates around third because he's a former Olympic speed skater. Wow. Yeah. Dang. So uh, that's the story with uh, Eddie Alvarez, who's playing for the Jumbo Shrimp. So I don't know. I mean, these guys are such good athletes in in all sports now. Sure. The the athlete is so tremendous and incredible and some of the best athletes that exist on the planet. You just wouldn't want – I mean, Olympics – again, football, there's not an outlet. You can play in the Olympics in basketball and in baseball and in golf now. Yeah. But what about the NFL guy? Yeah. Surprised maybe we don't see um, a little bit more of it. By the way, Jumbo Shrimp played uh, this afternoon right here on ESPN690.com, by the way. Ten to seven winners. They Ooh. will never lose two in the 2021 season. I like it. The Jumbo Shrimp are 2-0. and oh. Exciting game this afternoon. You can listen to tomorrow night's game right here on ESPN690, your home for Jumbo Shrimp baseball all season long. We'll be right back. Football at 5 coming up on ESPN 690.